welcome in, and thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. We are a Woos Media Podcast brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Find us on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. It's a good vibe. Good uh, vibe yeah. in the studio today, Woo! boys. Super positive. Woo-hoo! And why not? Because we go into the shit. What? We go into the shit. What? We love it. Love it. Love Abs, it. I cannot baby. play that horn enough. Abs. And of course. Connor's out, which actually is perfect because then we don't have to give him any credit yep. for the mm-hmm. fact that he was so confident last week. We tried to talk him off of it, but he knew it. He felt it. These abs are looking he good, playing good. It. He felt good about it, and they look good. I got to give him a little credit, okay? At least give him that. So Fine. Connor is, of course, out today. I'm Jared All, joined by our... I, I call you special guest, Tyler no, Walgie. Just, just joined by Walgie. But honestly, uh, the six man. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, the six I man think Walgie. if we were going to look at the stats, Tyler, I think you may be getting starters minutes on the I show. Think so, oh, wow. but, but I think so. I think you're earning starters that's minutes. That's how it works a lot of the of these guys coming off the bench. They end up playing longer than some of the starters anyway. So I think As that's maybe do. my role. Yeah, so yeah. Walgie's here. Walgie's in. Six man. And and Nick did decide to show up today. I'm here. Thankfully, Thank since God Walgie couldn't fill in for both <laughs> spots, I, I don't even know what we would do. Have you seen gas prices? If I hear about gas prices <laughs> oh, anymore, I can't. Gas prices. Oh, my God. <laughs> the gas prices. I, I just, it drives me crazy. How many people, count, count over the course of your day, how many people have at least gas prices? Well, see, I don't when, drive. See that's oh, a wow. that's a beautiful thing. Work from home, don't really go anywhere, you know. And uh, I actually mm. had an in-person meeting last week. Can you believe that? Whoa, I we're back. Had an I, I definitely meeting. can. How'd it go? Whew, it, it went well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we'll let you. Well, I'll keep you updated. So you, uh, yeah. I mean, you got to be careful if you don't interact with people for too long. You get a little, little crazy. Over, well, right? over <laughs> under for the average human is two and a half people that you hear over the course of the day say something about gas prices. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm thinking yeah. that's a good. I'm, I'm probably am taking the over on that, anyways. I know we have a lot to get to today. We're gonna talk some Mavs. We're gonna talk uh, a little Rockies, I believe. Yeah. Actually, well, strap you, in for of course, that, of course. <laughs> but. I want to comment on something. I listened to last week's show, as I do. I'm a big listener when I'm not on the show. And I just have a, a, a qualm about the hats because you guys talked uh, about the yeah. jerseys. Too bad. And everyone's talking about the jerseys. The jerseys, by the way, Connor said, who I'm filling in for today, Connor said he loved the, the license plate look. We bet he does. My immediate thought was, since when are license plates cool? I know. Don't you pay more? To get your license plate Correct. to not look like that, Correct. and to not have that green, so I don't get the whole idea of all oh, the green, green. No, no, no. No one likes the green. It's 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 no. The license plates aren't cool. And then the hats. I don't like the hats at all. The hats. The hats look like something you'd get at like a bait and tackle store. And here's the thing. Hey, underrated place to get a hat though. Well, but uh, for a hat advice, you like the hats. Connor liked the hats. Jared did not I like, did the hats. like that. If I'm gonna ask any of you three on this show for hat advice, all right. Connor gets dressed. Connor gets dressed as if he were in a race to get dressed as fast as he could in the dark. That, no. it, it, like he was on a game show, and the game show is and, and he's running ten minutes late to work. Yes, yeah. The game show is how fast can you get dressed in the dark and rush out the door? That's what Connor dresses like. Now, producer Nick, actually, I would say you probably have the best like style of anyone here. I don't know, if but that's you've good. got kind of a little fancy hipster thing going oh, on. No. So for hats, that was the biggest insult he's ever. <laughs> yeah, that was hat. really, that was, that was dirty. So, so for hats, that, hurt. that one hurt. If I'm asking anyone for hat advice, it's, it's the bold guy. No. It's Jared. 
Okay. That's, he's I'm the not one who knows the ball guy for advice. No, so, for, for hat advice, I'm Tyler. I'm, I'm gonna just I'm gonna put something out there that I think any of the bald listeners can understand. The, ba- that the bald, bald guys don't pick out hats out of desire for what the, the hat, hat looks picks like. Them out. It's a necessity, man. I wear a hat because I got to cover this thing up. But when my I'm point outside. is, you get a lot of you get a lot of usage. You get a lot of a, a lot of hats probably look good on you, and so I would trust your opinion on hats over anyone here. And I, I don't like the hats. So anyway, the hat is the um, least disgusting part of the jersey can we agree there nah well yes yeah probably of the whole jersey i'm not a big fan of the pants either but i had to put that out there let's uh let's get to it jared yeah you're delaying the inevitable i mean we we need to talk some abs man i mean it was it was a fun game we're recording tuesday june 7th we we are coming hot off of the win last night the abs sweep that was a crazy game i you just didn't even know what was going to happen in that third period. It's it's somehow weird when the Avs go into the third period down. I have more confidence that they're going to win the game than when they're winning going into the third. You know what I had never heard until yesterday? I was watching the game with some friends, and I heard of the phrase gentleman sweep. I didn't know that's what it meant to win in five. Like if it goes, <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, gentleman, gentleman sweep. sweep. Yeah. Well, why is that? So you don't make him feel bad? Pretty yeah. Much. yeah you're like you, a you give him one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a fan of no. that. Yeah, I like I, 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 hockey I like is not a gentleman's sport, okay? No. Golf may be a gentleman's sport. Hockey is not. Did you guys see how many fans were in the Pepsi Center? Oh, it was packed. <laughs> that was cool. I mean, there's there's more fans in the Pepsi Center for an away game so than there are in I have, I, I have to know. ask, though. Do you have to pay? It's like 10 bucks. So it's I think it's 10 to $15. Fantastic. First come, first serve. I think they had it almost filled all the way up to the third level. It looked very full when they were showing the But the, the third highlights. level, I'm thinking, are actually the better seats because I'm eye level, maybe second. I'm eye level with the screen. I'd be club level guy. Yeah. The the lower level is actually your worst seats. Yeah. Producer Soaps is a big club level guy. I love the club That's level. how I would describe you. Oh, if no. I had three words yeah, to describe... Yeah, so much of a better <laughs> thing to say than, club than calling level him a hipster. You know, the, yeah, <laughs> He's a club true. level guy. That yeah, is a perfect true. way yeah, of You know what I noticed? Himself. After I said that, he took his, his hat off. He took his hat <laughs> <laughs> off. It's rubbing up against, you know, the top. I'm not going to I'm out of here. I'll see you guys later. Nick, the hat came off and the hipster level went up. Just naturally, like, douches a little bit. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's uh, it's a good thing. Look, if I were looking to have a nice jacket, you know, I'm going out on the town. I gotta have a get get some good sh- nice shoes. I would go to to soaps. No, no. If yeah. you want to go to old Chicago and try and join like the Mug Club, mm. you come with me. Italian mm, nachos. Club. Yeah, you, you know okay. what I'm talking about. I, I'm not like, in it, the Mug Club. I'm not that exclusive. What but. is it? The uh, it, it's like the big fancy mug. It's like a silver. Yeah, and mug. eventually you get your name on a plaque on the wall. Yeah, right? it's if like you, 200 wow. beers in a year or something yeah, like that. The World wow. Beer Tour is what it is. <laughs> That's what wow. it is. World Beer Tour and. That just sounds expensive. Oh, yeah. Oh, come with a, a liver flush. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't hate that. You know what? But the Italian nachos, those are those are underrated. Under, very underrated. One of the most Don't underrated appetizers. Don't they have like appetizers. a trio of appetizers? It's just oh, phenomenal. Yeah, um, I, I, go on, I go on and on about Old Chicago. If, if, if there's any food vendors out there that want to be any, any restaurants that want to be sponsors, I think Old Chicago is pretty high up on oh my, my list for ones I'd love to see in there. Good beer, good food. Just throwing that out there for, for them if they want to get on board here. Mm-hmm. All right, back to the Avalanche. They are advancing Abs. to Abs. the Stanley Cup Finals for the third time in France franchise history yeah first time in a long time the, the abs have been so good in recent memory it's it's crazy that they've just now gotten here so the last time they won was 2001 and i'm doing quick math in my head it's 2022 that means there are people drinking at the bar that have never seen the abs win a stanley cup that's true apt analysis jared wow very apt smart mm. this is this is insane to think about I, I, honestly it didn't register to me until just now how long it has been since they've really been 
a, a force in the NHL. It's not like they had years where they were close. There was a few after after that uh, 2001 Stanley Cup, but for the most part, they've kind of been non-existent. And we're actually going to touch on that a little bit later in the show when we talk some Rockies and kind of their role and their presence within uh, the Denver sports scene. But you kind of look at the Avalanche finally being back on top of that scene, and uh, it, it's just a good feeling to see that. It, it's crazy to think it's been 21 years since, since they've uh, been at the pinnacle here yeah a long time i know you said we're going to kind of talk history in a minute but they've been right there you know i mean for a long time it's not like they were ever really bottom of the barrel i mean i can't remember like a four-year stretch a five-year stretch they were definitely really bad for like two or three years yeah 11 2011 2012 they finished uh third in the northwest they finished last in the northwest and 2013 20 uh, uh 2012 2013 20, 2020 20, 20, uh 2020 20, twin easy for me to say and then when they got in the central it was tough the first couple of years. And then, I mean, first this year, first last year, second the year before, uh, Avs are right there. But it, it, it's a testament to the, the the process. You know I mean? They say trust the process in Philly, and that's a big deal. But when you do – and it's funny because even bad organizations say trust the process. So it's tough because everyone's going to say it. And only the good teams are going to do it. And that's why it's kind of tough sometimes for fans to really trust the organization and trust the process. But I don't think there's any question that Joe Sackick has done a great job getting young, good talent here. Let's just hope we can keep him after this. But hey, you know, let's not look forward too much. Let's, let's, just not, be let's not look forward. However, that said, our boy Jay Sackick is looking a little rough yeah. around <laughs> okay. the edge. <laughs> okay, but I think he was getting a little hyphy last night. Uh, yeah. I think, I think he that was hair good. was a bit of a mess. He was excited. Man. I think he was maybe having a couple of cocktails upstairs, but... Yeah. He's he's aging iffy. I think that GM position, I think that's wearing you out. That's a look Long at Elway. Look at what Elway <laughs> looked like during his tenure, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like after a president does four uh, yeah. years. Okay. <laughs> exactly. It ages you quickly. My God. Yeah, so. he, looked, well, he, looked, I mean, he didn't look like shit, but he certainly was on his way. Well, how, how old do you guys think Joe Sackett is? I'm going to look it up right uh, now. I'm going to say 56. Uh, unless you guys know. Uh, I'm going to go 58. The damn code on my uh, phone. It locked me out. So you got to give me a second. Jared takes forever. Jared's the oldest man in his early 30s, I know. True. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, age 52. Oh, okay. And you know what? But we both went over. So I'm going right to just say, guys, uh, not looking that good for <laughs> 58. <laughs> He's not looking that good for 52. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was expecting a lot closer to 60. I was being yeah. awfully nice by saying 56. Joe you know. Sackick. Hey, we can't talk about a legend that way. I know. Isn't there some kind He's of great. Like, uh, He's great, but he looked like shit. Like, he like, looked like <laughs> a hockey player. Looks like a former hockey player. He probably takes pride in that. So oh, the Avs will end up playing either the New York Rangers or Tampa Bay Lightning in the series coming up. Currently, as of today, again, Tuesday, June 7th, uh, game four is tonight, but right now the Rangers lead two to one in the series. They actually took both games in Tampa Bay uh, to start the series, and then Tampa yeah, Bay in New York, one. and then uh, was it in New yeah, York? Yeah, it opened first? up in New York. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was thinking it was in Tampa Bay first. Okay. Well, then that uh, not not such a great uh, feat. Then I guess they just did what they were supposed to. Do. Home teams won every game so far, so we'll see what happens tonight. But who's the more dangerous team for the Avs? Well, I actually have uh, my projections for what I would uh, price this each series at. Okay. And it's really close. Now, but when this when the playoffs started, Tampa Bay, uh, according to what I have, was a little bit ahead of New York. But New York, the upgrades and the adjustments we made in the postseason have kind of brought them right around Tampa Bay's level. And Tampa Bay losing Braden points, a really big deal. Uh, one of the biggest injuries this, this postseason. So right now what I have is if the Avalanche faced the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, we would be roughly minus 185 in the series. 
Uh, these are according to me, by the way, not the market ratings. Just, these are my ratings. And I'm not sure if Jared mentioned it earlier. Uh, I, I do this for a living. I'm a professional sports better. This is part of what I do. I'm a data scientist. I, 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 I project these things for, for a living. So this is just right. You know, this was part of what I did anyway. So I just brought this on the show. Before you get back, shameless plug right now, Tyler has another show on the Woos Media Network, which is Sports Betting Daily. Sports Betting Daily. Make sure you check him out there if you want to find more of his betting advice. So I have the Avs uh, minus 185 against uh, Tampa, minus 190 against the Rangers. So right there in that 185, 190 range, uh, the Avs right now, according to DraftKings, are minus 225. So a little bit higher, and that's right now when there's still New York and Tampa Bay alive. Now, and just to go over quickly uh, some individual numbers, when the Avs are at home against Tampa and New York, I have the same price, minus 190. So right or just shy of minus 200 when, when the Avs are at home. But when the Avs go on the road for these games, I actually have them being close to even money, if not even a little bit of an underdog, plus 120, uh, plus 125 or so. So look, uh, I guess my point there is, it's, it doesn't matter really for the Avs. I think what matters for the Avs is rest up, have this series go seven games. It's already getting pretty physical, and that's what we want. Don't worry about the rest. I mean, the Avs had a lot of rest in between the Nashville and, and, and St. Louis series, and it affected them for maybe 15 minutes, which is, a, you know, it's worse than zero minutes, but I think it's that's really overplayed. The Avs need time right now, especially Kadri. I'm not sure what you guys have heard about his thumb. But he had surgery, broken. correct? Uh, he had surgery. Well, no, he had surgery on his thumb. I'm not sure if it was broken. I, I thought, it was- oh, look, I'm not sure if it was broken or it was ligament or whatever it is, but he said he's expecting to play again. Now, it's ambiguous from what you're reading in the injury report, and of course he's going to say that. And it's so hard in hockey to get any straight but, information. But but time is only going to help at this point. We've got Darcy Kemper, who's who's looking to you know heal things up. Nazem Kadri who's looking to heal things up. So How did he hurt his thumb? I don't uh, He got checked into the boards. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah but like... I mean, I'm not sure he landed on it. That's why I, when I saw that, I didn't. I saw that it was the injury. You know, I never really saw what the injury was. They're kind of vague in yeah. hockey, anyways. Yeah, and then I saw body. he had surgery on his thumb yesterday, and I'm like, what? His yeah, thumb? Sure. How did he hurt his thumb? <laughs> <laughs> fell into the boards, fell down. But either way, if he is going to come back, more time is good. More time is better for Darcy. Everyone else can rest up a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's just going to wear them out as well, whether it's New York, Tampa. So I'm not worried about it. Well, I'm not, it's not that I'm not worried about your team. I'm not worried about one team over the other. Not, doesn't scare you the Lightning being back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Does that factor in at all? Yeah, experience. That matters a lot. But, I mean, they're down 2-1. It didn't seem to matter the first two games. Of the, it's funny. Whenever Tampa Bay wins, or teams who have experience, oh, it's all about experience, experience, experience. When those teams lose, it suddenly it goes out the window. No one talks about that. Or, you know, when they were down 2-0 to New York, no one's saying, boy, all this experience. It's, when, it's just like it's, it's when it's convenient. But that does matter, I believe, if you've been there before. I do think that's, that, that matters somewhat, but I don't know if it's that big of a deal. So for me, one of the things I think year over year you can look at, and this is more just kind of my eyes watching it, is the, the team with a stronger goaltender goaltending in the Stanley Cup at least has a great chance of winning. A lesser team really can go win a cup with a great goaltender. So no. of these two teams, who's the goaltender that scares you more? Oh god, that's that's Or is it again negligible? Are you going to is it is it something where both okay. of them are kind of so on the same Igor Shesterkin is probably going to win the Vesna trophy this year. He's been by far the best goalie all year. Like I think he turned in the odds to the favorite around December or, or, or so. I mean, it's been a long time. So he's right now consistently been one of the best goalies all season long. And who is he goalie for? Uh, New York. New York. Okay. Yeah, so that's uh, Shesterkin. 
However, for Tampa Bay, Andre Vasilevsky has been one of the most consistent goalies the last five years. I've talked about this before. My goalies and my goalie ratings, they're kind of all over the place because it matters so much what's going on around a goalie in terms of their success and, and how I rate them. But Andre Vasilevsky, and it could be because he's been on Tampa for so long and so consistently, he's been always right there for like the last five, six seasons, top five goalie. So I, they're both going to be tough. You know, I mean, they're both... Each team probably has a goaltending edge over the Avs right now, which is unfortunate because that's why the Avs got Darcy and he's not playing that, you know, he's not, it's, it's not standing out. You know, we're not finishing games saying, boy, look at Kemper, look at Kemper. And I understand that it's tough to sit there and goal and not get any shots and the Avs are pepper in the net, pepper in the net. And then suddenly it's a counterattack two on one and you have to stop some difficult shot. That's tough but it's kind of his job. That's what it comes with playing on a team who possesses the puck. That is really my one and only major concern for the Avs right now and the way they're playing. If you're doing some self-scouting, to me, there are too many easy goals going in. Too many goals that, hey, I'm no goalie. I've never attempted to play goalie in my life, but I'm looking at a pro that that should be handling some of these situations. And and that's from both goaltenders, really. And and the Avs can't afford that against these East teams. See, (laughs) when you're playing... Nashville, and even St. Louis, and especially Edmonton, you can get away with that. The Avs, and that, that's one thing I will say, the Avs have gotten away with a lot, this playoffs, that they, they, they haven't been called for. And New York or Tampa, whoever it is, is going to make the Avs pay for those mistakes. So they've got to fix that. And as I just said, it matters what's going on around the goalie. You know, I think that these defenders, Kale McCarr, Devon Taves, you know, everyone needs to be more conscientious of this because the Avs are giving up a lot of two-on-ones, a lot of three-on-twos, and that cannot happen, and you can't put that kind of pressure on your goalie. Would you say that both of these teams, the Rangers and the Lightning, are distinctively better teams than what the Avs have played so far <laughs> in the playoffs? So, I mean, it's not even close. And I said this going into the playoffs. Entering the playoffs, I had two teams in the West in my top seven. Colorado and Calgary, who lost in the, I think, first round. Or no, the second round to Edmonton. It was the second round. Yeah, but they went they went seven games the first round with uh, Dallas. They did not look very good. But either way, the West was not very strong coming into the playoffs. And we're looking at two elite teams, especially, you know, I mean, again, Tampa's been there. They have the... It, Tampa and New York are some of the best defensive teams this year. That's why I'm just saying. Prepare... Avs fans for a much different looking series than we've seen at all this playoffs and the Blues it's going to be the closest matchup the Blues are the best team the Avs have played so far in the playoffs because I mean they can at least play a little bit defensively but I think even looking at their stats they were pretty average in some advanced statistics coming into that to that series so the Avs have to flip that switch and if there is a time to do it, it's when there's only a seven-game series left, right? And yes. you can get physical. I mean, do you remember, and, and it was game one, series one against Nashville, and McKinnon's out there slamming bodies. He's hitting, and <laughs> Jared Bednar in between games, I'd be like, hey, 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 we have a long playoffs to go, let's say. But now you're getting to that point where it's like, there's, you know, uh, what do they say in the water boy? Yeah. Last game of the season, Brand can't hold anything back now. We're getting closer and closer to that point. So it's going to be a different series, and the Avs have to win a couple 2-1 games, in my opinion, if they're going to win the uh, the Cup. All right, we touched a little bit on the injuries to Darcy Kemper and Nazem Kadri. I think they're both kind of different situations. Uh, starting with Kemper, uh, you have Pavel Francouz that's played fairly well. He he didn't look great last night. I, he I, came I, he came out so hot. I mean, that's not going to last though. That's the issue with sure, these goalies. Sure, they can look good is for there, a period. But. Is there any thought in your mind if you're Jared Bednar? Is there any consideration to 
continuing and staying with Pablo Franzos instead of going back to Darcy Kemper? Not at this point. Um, even though I did hear a report that Darcy could have played in game four, uh, I, I think that sends the wrong message to Kemper, first of all, because yeah. when he is fully healthy, ready to go, uh, I think that mentally you've got to put him back in. And also, just from the... If Franco had like a 98 save percentage and, a, you know, under a goal a game and had this super hot hand and he was the story, then maybe you keep him in. But he hasn't been that much better that you want to be doing crazy stuff like that now. It's He's the clear better goalie when you when you look at the rankings and, and you got to get him back in as, as soon as possible. And you kind of touched on something that I think is a key thing that uh, I think my counterpart Connor Holskamp might argue with me, but the, the frame of mind of a, of a position like goaltender is so important. I think that messes with Darcy Kemper's head. If you pull him and have to turn back to him, right. I think his confidence is lost, whereas Frankie's used to be in the backup. He's expecting to be the backup. If you do get a couple of games in this series and feel like it's just not going with Kemper, that is one area where the Avalanche do have that benefit. Even though maybe their goaltending isn't stellar, at least they have the depth to make that move if you feel like you need to make a move. You go down 3-0 in a series, maybe that's the move that you make. Yeah, yeah, they've got that in their back pocket. And also, I mean, it's not unheard of. As a matter of fact, it's quite common that goalies flip the switch from series to series. And that's sure. good to bad and bad to good. So it happens both ways. But, I mean, I, I, I think that if Kemper comes out and looks like one of the best goalies we've seen all year and has a tremendous final, I'm not going to be so blown away. You know, he's got that level. He's got that ability. And he's certainly got that in the tank. Question is, how healthy is he? And we're not going to know because they're not going to put that out there. But... He's got the ability to be one of the best goalies in the league. I truly believe that. He's got a wide range, but you know he you got to get him back in, and I, I expect big things. I think we'll see a good series from him. You know, the counter to that, though, is that when we needed Kemper to play nice, he really didn't seem to show up. Now, granted, injuries may be a part of that, but I, do you feel like Kemper is the reason that, that could limit the Avs from actually winning the Cup? Yeah. Because there's, there's been a lot of blowback in regards to his goaltending, easy mistakes that he's made, things like that. No, I, I totally think he could be the reason if, if, if it comes down to a big situation and we had to blame someone, but... You know, as I've said before, I think the Avs need to change their overall mentality, which is going to help him out a lot more. Um, he's probably going to see more shots on goal, which is going to help him. But I also think this, Nick, I listen to 104.3 The Fan. I think 104.3 The Fan does a, a pretty good job. They're starting to cover more sports, which I like. And uh, I mean, not Broncos 24 <laughs> It used to be Broncos 24-7. They're talking some Avs lately, though. But, you know, it's funny. I hear that narrative a lot, that Kemper isn't the guy, that Kemper's underperforming. And, I mean, I just, I think... I mean, I just disagree with that. I mean, I'm seeing something different. My numbers are giving me something different back. It's like, I don't know what people expect. You know, maybe Patrick Waugh tainted the view of so many uh, fair-weathered hockey fans around here that that's their sort of standard. But Darcy Kemper, if you look right now on Evolving Hockey, which I think is the best advanced analytics website that's uh, publicly available, you have to pay a, a fee a month, but Evolving Hockey in terms of GSAA, uh, Goal Saved Above Average, Darcy Kemper this year is like fifth in the NHL. So I don't know what everyone's so upset with. I mean, and Nick, you're giving me, you're giving me a look like that's crazy. And, and, you know, am I saying he's been the fifth best goalie this year? No, I'm not saying that, but he's been a lot better than I think the average fan's giving him credit for. We would and, agree there. So sure. would you say the issue lies more in the approach and the, the style of the abs, leaving them more susceptible to well, easy on. chance opportunities? I, I, think the, I think the issue is that people are evaluating him who don't know how to evaluate yeah. very well. That's the issue. I mean, the abs, what are the abs in the playoffs now, like 8-2? and two? Yeah. I mean, let's, let, let's pump the brakes here. We're not losing it. We had that one 8-6 win or whatever. We're not losing every game 8-6. to six. 
there have been a couple goals, but when there's so many eyes on these games, I think if more people watch throughout the year, you're going to see this a lot from a lot of different goalies. Like the expectation, I think, is way too high. It's almost if you come in in like the NFL and you don't watch a lot and you expect these quarterbacks to hit 80% of their passes. And it's like, no, the best the best quarterbacks are going to throw 65, complete 65% in a good year. You know, so we as NFL fans, we don't expect Aaron Rodgers to complete 8 out of 10. But if you don't watch all the time and you only watch the playoffs, you're like, well, he's not as good as they say. He's Look how many passes he's missing. So I think it's the same thing with these goalies. This happens a lot more, and, and, and Darcy Kemper's not playing that bad that people are... I heard some guy on 104.3 say that they, you know, he was talking about starting Francois, and you got to get rid of Kemper this year. It's like, what the hell's going on around here? He's a, a, in my mind, he's a top 10, arguably top 5 goalie in the league right now in any given season. So I think that he's fine, and I think he will be okay. And again... Just don't give him those two on ones. No goalie in the league is 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 going to save you know fifty sixty percent on two on one. So you got to do better there too. Does Bednar have to win the Stanley Cup? I guess a better way to phrase it: What would be success to Bednar? Does it have to go seven oh, and they dude, lose? Dude, I think I think it's success right now. I think he's proven to everyone that he can make the adjustments. He knows what to do in the playoffs. He's managed the, the the roster so well in the regular season to get here. I think he's checked the boxes in my mind that it is. Now, we don't want to like say, hey, it's a successful season. Who cares about the Stanley Cup? Because I really want to win this thing and I'm sure they do too. But you don't fire him. Even if, well, even if they get swept, you yeah, know, I don't. Yeah, they get swept. What happens? No, I don't. Th- I still don't think you fire him. You know, that's a bad look, but you keep him around. He's done a great job so far. Something would happen in that sweep that would be on the players. It would be out of his hands, I think. I mean, not totally out of his hands, but you can't look at him and fire him. I think that the, this whole firing of coaches has gotten out of control. But the abs are notorious uh, for doing that. They've they, done they, it in uh, the past. But that's why I think you don't do it, even if it's a sweep. Uh, so, Bruce Cassidy just got fired from Boston. That's insane. I have no idea why they fired Bruce Cassidy. The Islanders just fired uh, Barry Trotz after one, like... It wasn't even a bad, it was a mediocre season. So there's two very good coaches right now floating around. It's like, you don't want to... But you're telling me if they lose, and I'm we're just we're going negative. After this, we're going to turn to a little positive <laughs> right. here. At yeah, some we'll point, try okay. and be a little positive. Uh, but if the Avs lose, they, they get whatever. What, however they lose in the Stanley Cup, they don't win it. And then next year, they go completely shit the bed. You're telling me Jared Bednar's not up for being fired? There's a, well, there's that's a whole a different scenario. Versus him winning the Stanley Cup this year, and then they go shit the bed. You're telling me he's not safe at that point? No, he, no. I think, I think you think he would still be up for debate to get fired if he wins the Cup? No, I think regardless, if they get swept, the Avs get swept, and they have a terrible start to next season, and it's halfway through the year, and there's a... No, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's got one season after this one so far, no matter what. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I can buy that. I think, though, I do think it is a difference. Winning the Stanley Cup probably buys him a window, a three or four year Dude, window. winning the Stanley Cup buys him four or five years. I don't know. Has we any agree. Avs coach stayed for three or four years after winning a cup? They're all shipped out, man. Well, that happened twice in, what, a couple of years? Yeah, and then that's, that's true. So, <laughs> yeah, of, definitely. Uh, but it's just, it's 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 interesting you bring that up, coaches getting fired too soon, but it's something that the Avs have done in the past, and I don't think they would be afraid to do in the future if they felt they need to. But, but, as we promised, no more negativity. No. Let's get positive, okay? Avs have played great. You mentioned it, 8-2 and two so far in the playoffs they have looked as dominant as we could hope for them to look and i want to kind of get your thoughts tyler on what players 
have outperformed the expectations, have overperformed what we, we thought coming into this. All right, so overperformers, I got uh, JT Comfer. Uh, he's had five goals his last four games. He's got the highest shooting percentage uh, for the Avs in the playoffs, 33.3%. So one out of every three shots on goal. It's going on the top shelf where the peanut butter goes. And uh, <laughs> and uh, we need him to step up. You know, if Kadri's not coming back, it's going to be up to Comfort to kind of fill those shoes. And he's done a great job so far. So JT uh, stepping up. And then I'll, also, I put Francois on there. You know, I mean, yeah. you got to put him in there. Uh, Filling in for for Kemper, he's got a 92% save percentage, 2.37 goals a game. He is 5-0, and and he's been, like I said, huge. So those are my overperformers. I got a couple underperformers, too, if Okay, you yeah, well, I was going to ask if you thought there was anyone that you felt you needed to call. Well, well, on the outline, you said to put some on there. Now, I don't really think anyone's truly underperformed that much. I mean, like I said, they're 8-2. and two. They're playing pretty well. But if we had to choose a couple players, obviously, we'd put Darcy on there. His 89.7 save percentage. Right now, that save percentage alone would rank him, I think, 44th in the regular season for a save percentage. Now, let's, let's not get carried away. It is a, a short sample size. You know, when you're not facing that many shots on goal, which he hasn't in this playoffs, you're going to get weird numbers like that. But he does need to play better, as we've said before, and I think he's capable of it. But I'd probably put him, him on that list. And uh, Andre Burkowski, he's currently, actually, I think he returned last game. He did. He played he did. last game. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so he's now played in 10 of 14 games this playoffs. But... I think that his shooting does need to improve. We talk about shooting percentage with uh, JT Comfer. Uh, he was uh, cashing in about uh, 25% of the time during the, re- during the regular season. Uh, 22 goals in 80 games. He has one goal in nine games this postseason. So uh, I think he needs to improve. But that's if you're nitpicking. I think the Avs in general are playing really well. So All right. I didn't hear any of the, the big name guys in there. The, well, the, the, the McKinnons, the Landeskogs. Is that, is that just McCarr, because the expectations Taves. are so high? Well, no, it's because that's what they should be doing. Like, that's yeah. what the Avs need if we're going to get to that point. If we're looking at overperforming or overvalue or, you know, overperforming, that's, I can't say that McKinnon or Landeskog, that, that should be expected. You know who really came level. on is uh, Miko really came on towards the last, like, four yeah, or five games. Yeah. He really struggled at the start of the, the playoffs. So. Yeah, he did, but he's stepped it up. And I mean, he was assisting still. You know, he had a couple of assists in there and he was doing what he needed to do. But uh, overall, that's what I got. Okay, well, if you're not going to talk about Kale, then I'm going to. All right. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. Kale McCarr continues to make his way into the Avalanche record books. He, through this playoff so far, already has 22 points. Boy, wonder. That is the most points ever scored by an Avs or Nordiques for that record, defenseman in franchise history. He's still got a whole series left to go, guys. He is going to smash that record at the, on the pace that he's at. And I got to throw some props to my man. I kind of talked a little trash about his uh, lack of ability to grow a beard in. <laughs> I saw some peach fuzz. I think we got uh, some yeah. fuzz coming in, he's man. Growing a, he's trying to grow that he wants it beard. To grow. <laughs> he, he wants it to grow. He wants it to. Those rosy cheeks. Yeah, you know, you start doing the math. Guys. We're almost to a month now. You can almost see his beard. Kale. I love Kale, man. <laughs> he's, he's something else. The Avs, uh, they owe a lot to Kale McCarr. So, oh, totally. Guys, we blew it going into this playoffs. We needed to, we needed to get a beard growing thing going you know i mean that's what oh, you yeah. do for the playoffs so i can we all commit to that next no. year I'm more of a mustache i know guy, this is easy for me to say because i yeah, have no. a beard but i will grow the most george costanza-esque horseshoe uh, uh, hair if you do that i'm in next year if you guys commit to the beard i will grow this bad boy out 
and just just watch oh, out because I might just get into the, the horseshoe mullet. It might just become a thing. Dude, you, you can't. You, yeah, I would love for you to do that. Actually, yeah, that would be. Gross. I don't quite have curly enough hair for the Costanza thing. I'd kind of just be like straight up. I, I don't know. It'd be bad. I don't even want to know. I started shaving think, my head. Do you think the audience knows who George Costanza is? I mean, a lot of our audience is like under like twenty eight. I don't think any of them know who George Costanza. I'd say is. Have oh, to. oh, everyone think, knows who, who Costanza is. is. People still that. watch Seinfeld. It's on Netflix. It is people on, our age. It's true. Like eighteen year olds don't watch Seinfeld. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of true. We didn't go back and watch shows from the '80s. I didn't watch. No, there's Cheers. other stuff going on. Yeah. I stopped my music. I, I stopped. I don't. I haven't listened to new music since probably 2012. You picked a uh, great time to stop. That, that was perfect. After that, <laughs> it just it went way. I listen to a lot of like '80s that. and '90s still. You know, I mean, I watched the '90s shows. So I have come <laughs> across the best. Uh, station on like a Pandora or whatever. It's pop punk. Pop punk. Pop, just punk. check that it out. That sounds okay? like what uh, that's like, hipster it's like producer Green, Green Day, Blink eighty two, you know, kind of that vibe. So okay. it's it's my jams. That from, sounds like from, what you listen to in like a like a uh, one like of those clubs where you like, snap your fingers. Uh, I think you know? like, like a an underground uh, sex club or uh, something. Uh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa! Yeah, Getting off of that, that topic. Yeah, no, I think it's like a, I think it's like one of those. Uh, do we you have read to, the poetry. Def Dan, Jeff Dan. Ooh, Def Jam. Jesus. Def Dan poetry. Def Dan poetry. Do we have to bleep that out, or is that okay with you guys' audience? It's okay uh, with our audience. You know what? Everyone out there, let us know whether that's okay or not. Okay. Just find <laughs> us on okay. Twitter at Red Rock Sports One, or uh, just just search Tyler. Well, I said underground. If you want to, yeah, that man, that means something. <laughs> that was tough. Yeah. That was tough to hear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, this really is the the best time in sports, right? I might be a little biased. No, no, you are there, so like, wrong. You are wrong. Dude, oh my God. Jared, I love this time in sports because I'm a big hockey fan. The best time in sports is December because yeah. you got hockey, yep. basketball, yep. college yeah, football, yeah, but, NFL. But, but let's pump the brakes though because and then March. hockey and, and basketball at that good. point in time are just, I mean, we're regular season. Yeah, I'm betting every night. I got, got action got every finals night. finals <laughs> coming up. You got NBA finals NBA going finals on right is now. NBA finals so soft. I'm, you, I'm really oh, struggling to enjoy it. I haven't watched a lot of the NBA playoffs. It's really tough to watch. Yeah, it is. You know, they got to tighten up. It's just crazy. All the flopping. It's just, again, not to be negative, but it's just, it needs a attitude adjustment. Does it? <laughs> attitude adjustment. Okay. It's tough to watch. It's a I lot, think lot sometimes of... you need a bit of an attitude adjustment. That's fair. We called me a hipster about 20 minutes ago. So. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, He's man. not going to let He's that gonna go. He's going to stay away around mm. for a while. Okay. Okay. It's a great time of year for sports, which means it's also the perfect time to join Thrive Fantasy. Mm. If you're a new listener out there, you're not familiar with Thrive Fantasy, it's simple. Daily fantasy sports utilizing player prop bets. You can even build parlays with player props. Best part about it, easiest part there is, all you got to do to get 100 free dollars is use our promo code RED. That's R-E-D. When you sign up, you get a $100 free deposit match. Get on there, check them out online, thrivefantasy.com, or download the app. Yeah, you get 100 bucks if you put 100 in, right? So if you put 50 in, they'll give you 50 back. You put 20 in, and all of a sudden you got 40 in your account. I'm looking tonight at a couple contests. You know the beautiful thing about this, uh, about Thrive Fantasy? Have you ever played one of these contests on like uh, DraftKings or FanDuel, and there's like 10,000 people in the contest? It's like, okay, I'm going to win that. This NHL contest tonight for uh, uh, Thrive Fantasy, they're giving away $1,000 guaranteed, which isn't, you know, a huge, the, these gigantic pools you get, but it's only a buy-in for 20 bucks. The max entries, 55 people are allowed in there. 
I mean, think about your odds of winning. It's greatly increased. And like Jared said, you build your lineup with player props. So if you like betting player props, it's just so fun to add this. It's easy to get your money in, easy to get your money out. And if you put in promo code RED, it's always nice to match that deposit, you know. So it's definitely worth it, and it helps us out here. So uh, Thrive Fantasy online or download the app, promo code RED. All right, Tyler, I'm going to turn the floor over to you. I understand, as you tend to like to do when you come on here, you got a little fun for us. We've got some fun. We're going to get Canadian today. We're going to play a game. Perfect. And the game today is called Canadian or Not Canadian. All right, so... uh, Ooh. We're very excited. Do we have our game show music? Yeah, I'm getting it. Okay, sweet. uh, So, well, here's what we have to do first, because... For all the listeners out there who have heard the games before and, and how producer Nick does things, he likes to peak. Allegations. <laughs> he allegedly. <laughs> you cannot prove speak. that it happened. So, uh, producer Soaps, can I have you close your laptop Sorry. in front of you, please? Yep. Can I have you close that? And then, look, you, you can't, no phones, okay? Yeah, this is no like, a, I, got a, I got a ticket for texting and driving. Wow. Yeah, can you believe that? I kind of thought it was the Wild West out there. I didn't think they were pulling people over yeah, anymore. Yeah, and it was expensive. So I'm going to give you a ticket if I see you te- uh, looking like you're texting. So right, phone, it, down, yeah, down, yep. phone down. Phone yep. down. Uh-huh. All right, let's get, let's get some of this. Let's, let's get a little production value here going. Oh, that's what we're talking about. All right. Yeah. So this, this game is called Canadian or Not Canadian. Now, all the Canadian teams are out of the NHL playoffs. All of them. So I figured we'd say farewell to our Canadian friends. We're not going over there anymore. I mean, that was a big nuisance for the ads to go over the border yeah. for those away games. That's actually a big deal. Especially so, with COVID. Fairway to, farewell to Canada. Obviously, hockey wrapping up. So, let's 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 talk about our friends from the north. Okay. The game is easy. <clears throat> the game is easy. You tell me, is it Canadian or is it not Canadian? I'm ready. Poutine, Canadian. Hockey. Ho- who invented hockey? I figured we'd start with an easy one. Who invented hockey? Is, ca- is, is hockey Canadian? You said easy one, and I'm like, oh, this is tough because it feels like a trick question so much. But I'm going to stick to my gut uh-huh. and say that, of course, Canada invented mm-hmm. hockey. Okay. It, it is not. It is not yeah, Canadian. It's, it's Russian, isn't hockey it? Hockey was invented in England. England. In the mid-18th century. Doesn't seem like an English sport to me. Eng- All right, English. so. Producer, more of a gentleman's sport. Uh, producer Soaps is up one nothing. Yep. All right, uh, question number two. Well, I'm not going to do it that one. All right, next. Instant mashed potatoes. Canadian or not Canadian? Not Canadian. They would never do that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm right there with you. This seems so American. Instant mashed potatoes are Canadian. Oh. Yeah. I mean, they were invented by uh, Edward Anton Maria Asselberg. I hate that for Edward. There's nothing that says Canadian Thanksgiving like instant mashed potatoes. Underrated, though. uh, Garbage bags. Are these Canadian or not Canadian? Not Canadian. No way. Canadian. They're Canadian. Ding, 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 ding. Producer uh, soaps up to nothing. Is that no two nothing deal. soaps? Yeah. But did they do like the all the bags or like you know? No, uh, the garbage bag was invented by Harry Wasselchick wow. and Larry Hansen in Winnipeg in 1950. They were green. Uh, what were they bag. using before 1950? Compost. I don't know. Just, just, just I don't know. In, uh, all right, soaps uh, is up to right, uh, Hooters is Hooters Canadian or this not Canadian? Feels like a trick, and I'm gonna fall for it. I'm gonna say. Yes, it is Canadian. It's not. It is not Canadian. I don't, are you? He's not cheating either. No, we can't. I'm just use bad the cheating at this, card apparently. here. All right, uh, Soaps is up three nothing. Right, tell Connor, Connor, if you're out there listening, <laughs> just know, man. Hooters right. was uh, invented in Tampa Bay. 
Obviously. One of the potential Duh. opponents for the Avs. Obviously, it wasn't mentioned in Tampa Bay. All so, right, everyone out there, if the Avs play Tampa Bay, no Hooters. No <laughs> hey, Hooters, Hooters Wings week. is underrated. I must I say. I think so, too. I, I like I, good Hooters yeah, Wings. They used to do Wednesday, I all you shake wings. And, uh, okay. Yeah. I don't okay. know about anymore after the vid, but. Uh, a couple more here. The California roll. Canadian or not Canadian? Obviously no, Canadian. Come on. Obviously don't, is don't Canadian. do that to me. No, it's not Canadian. It is Canadian. Duh. <laughs> oh my god. So support so sweet. Yeah, I, <laughs> I slipped the answers before this. Yeah. It was invented in uh, Canada. And he named it uh, the, the uh, California roll because uh, the chef who made it was most uh, because the most appreciation came from the Los Angeles uh, Los Angeles tourists. The roll was named after California. Mm. All right, next. The paint Is that roller. like the Denver omelet? Is the Denver omelet not from Denver? I don't know. I think it is from Denver, but I'm not sure. All right. The, what the, did they just do? Throw green chili on it or? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> the paint roller. Not Canadian. Yeah. All right. Canadian. Jared's finally got one. It's Canadian. Ding, ding, ding. All right. All right. Three, one, four, one. I think five it's four. One. Doesn't it's matter. Five, one. It's so over. it's over. All right. I've got two more. Tuna salad. Not Canadian. Yeah, that's a definite not Canadian. Canadian. It was made in New York. One of the other potential opponents for the Avs. Wow. And last, wow, basketball. Not, yes, not Canadian. Canadian. I feel that for a fact. This one actually could be either way. So it was invented by James Naismith, in Kansas, right? Who is Canadian? Oh, but he invented it in Massachusetts, and later in Kansas, right? Massachusetts, Kansas. Well, no, 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 in Massachusetts, but later uh, uh, in 1891, he came up with it in Massachusetts, and then evolved the rule book, moved to Kansas, and that's where it wow. became basketball. So he was Canadian. Okay. That doesn't Either count. way, though, we're both wrong. I've been Self deceived wins. my whole life. You crushed him on that. That was too easy. I think you're half Canadian. Are you Canadian? I was no. just going to ask. This isn't fair if he's friends. Canadian. A little too hipster to be Canadian. Like, yeah. I'm not your friend. <laughs> I don't know. Have you friend. met Canadians? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. I'm not your friend, buddy. <laughs> <sighs> All, right. All right. There you Good go. Good stuff. Thanks, Tyler. Appreciate you bringing that in here. And before we move on to any of our other uh, local topics here, I want to take a look back on Uh-oh. this day in sports history. This day in sports history. 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 For new listeners, you guys don't realize that Connor does most of this stuff. It actually is a lot more work for me to do this show when Connor's not here. Because <laughs> I have to prepare all these things. Right. And kudos to you, Connor. You do a lot of good work on he the show. He does okay. Don't, don't uh, do <laughs> He does fine. We're going way back on these first couple here, okay? First one, June 12th, 1880. Lee Richmond throws the very first perfect game in MLB history. Oh boy, Lee. I love it. I got a Lee Richmond jersey in the closet. You should. I you do. should. History right <laughs> there. Uh, even better are the team's names. The Worcester Ruby Legs defeated the Cleveland Blues. Is it, is it, is it Worcester? I think if it's... Worcestershire. Well, I think it, I think it's Worcester, Massachusetts. It's Worcester. 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 Yeah, I Worcester. Think it, yeah, I think it's literally Worcester. Okay. You guys like Worcestershire sauce? No. Oh, I love oh, Worcestershire delish. sauce. It's I'm delish. a big fan of Worcestershire sauce. All right, next one up. Still way back, not quite as far back. June 8th, 1920, sticking with baseball. Reds outfielder Ed Rausch falls asleep in center field God, during a sense. long <laughs> argument between umpire and head coach. He was ejected from the game by the umpire for delay of game. Power trip. Seriously. Ejected for delay game. You think this is the only time in history? I got to imagine it's the only time a professional athlete fell asleep while on the field. Well, anyone with narcolepsy maybe <laughs> dozing off. That was dark. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Last one here. Say? <laughs> Last one here. We're going to bring it back a little bit, a little more modern. June 10th, 1996. Yui Krupp scores an unassisted goal Juve. in Love triple him. overtime. 
to lead the Colorado Avalanche to the four-game sweep of the Florida Panthers wow. and win their very first Stanley Cup final. Oh, you gotta love it. Let's go. That is one of my earliest sports memories, is that mm. game and that goal and the excitement around the household. And I'll always remember UA Croup. Good memory. Yeah. I got a UA Croup uh, uh, signed uh, goalie stick somewhere oh, in wow. the, around nice. here. Well, I love that. UVA. UVA. UVA Croup. Yeah, hockey names, man. Yeah, yeah it's a beautiful it, hockey it's, name. It's a beautiful it's a hockey name. That's, that's good, though. Good this day. And I like how you guys do that. It's kind of, you know, look back at. Uh, you guys go deep, though. 1800. You know, it's you just got to find what the right thing <laughs> is, and it just felt right for the audience today. We, you know, we're all going to resonate with the Rockies because I knew we were talking Rockies, and sometimes oh, Rockies. we wish we could fall asleep in the outfield. Uh, sure. You know, just apparently somebody fall, did that one time. Fall. It's just Rockies so predictable. It's just so predictable. Yeah. Well, they just. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's same interesting. Story, same story, that's, different chapter. That's interesting that you bring that up, and that's kind of the direction I want to go with these Rockies. We're fifty-four games into the season, which apparently I did some math on it. Exactly one third of Dude, the season. You are on your math today. I am on it, man. You have actually, been. I use a calculator. And it works. <laughs> uh, it makes sense. So they are exactly a third of the way through the season. They're currently sitting at twenty-three and thirty-one, which puts them on pace to win sixty-nine games. Yeah, that over/under is looking real juicy. I was, I, I would, was hoping you don't didn't remember it because I was going to ask 67 you. Sixty-seven and a half. Okay. How yeah. Can I, how can I so. forget such a perfectly <laughs> placed line? So right? would you say? At 69 wins, are they meeting and or exceeding the expectations you had for them this year? You're talking about me? Yeah. Asking you. You're you were asking the you. To quote, um, oh, God, what's his name? R.I.P. Uh, John Huckleberry. No, the Arizona coach. Michael Scott. They are who we thought they were. Oh. And we let him off the hook. Dennis Green. Dennis, Dennis Green. Green. Let him off the hook. Yeah, just, oh, my God. It's just brutal. Do you want to crown him? Crown him. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> we let him off the hook. I just can't. I just, uh, <laughs> yeah. As Dennis I, Green. I can't with these with the Rockies. They're tough to watch. Great, it's just so predictable. I don't even know. But, I, I'm just going to run out of negative but, things to say. But to Jared's <laughs> point, they are right now technically based on definition. If you look at the because the market is expectation, that's what you should look at the market as. If no. if, the, if the Broncos are minus six, the expectation is the Broncos are going to win by six. Okay, that should be how we look at the market. No, I'm okay. So so I hear what you're saying and I acknowledge it. Every year the Rockies start off a little hot. People get excited. Everyone has, Connor, has these crazy outlandish <laughs> expectations for them. And we just know what's going to happen. And they're just not built. But, but Nick, no. my point is, no. right now in the season, they're exceeding expectations based on what they should be at and where they are at. They're actually ahead of where they should be. Now, are you saying because they start fast, they're just, the, I think they're I just, always going to have a better record first half of the season? Yeah, I just think it's going to be one of those things every single year. No, not every, I'm, I'm generalizing. But you just can't expect to produce and, and put out this kind of talent and expect to ever make noise again i understand it's 67 and a half we were on this show i want to say four or five weeks ago right. rockies were a little hot everyone's talking oh you know 75 80 wins i know like, get out of here how many times are you guys gonna do this but see that's where you should have locked connor in at a higher number and said all right i'll take oh, under you know like 73 yeah, that's you where you missed your chance you had your chance so just taking that step back and that kind of approach and, and that mental thought process is what a lot of listeners right now are going through and just and just where all of our thoughts are with the Rockies I think we could just continue to go on and on about the uh, shortcomings of this organization but philosophically speaking as a fan like 
Does that even bother you? Do you care? Yeah, hell yeah. Well, you know, the problem is there's so many. They, they make so much money from the out-of-towners that aren't actual Rockies fans that come to the games, that pay the money, all that BS. So on a side note, I did see Kyle Freeland at Breckenridge Brewery. Oh, uh, before nice. The Avs game. Very cool. It was Avs game one. Yeah, pretty regular sized looking human. <laughs> right? yeah, baseball uh, players are kind of. I was like, like, I was like, oh, this is we pay him a lot of money. Yeah, not like seeing uh, like an NFL player. I right? have seen Garrett Bowles before, and that is a Jimondo human. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but what was your question, Jared? Uh, the, the the question was is as a fan, does it bother you that the Rockies oh. basically I mean, year in and year well, out have this expectation, or is there a place? Is there a place in Colorado sports for a team that's just fun it's just entertainment you don't really care you're not passionately actively following them and most of us just show up for a good time on a saturday afternoon i mean for me i i lost that a long time ago with the rockies oh, i know bad. it's kind of like I, I i don't have faith anymore eventually you just give up and there's been such bad ownership the whole jeff brightage situation i mean Going back, the Rockies have never really done what I think they've needed to do from my seat. And I've always been a proponent of pitching staff. And a lot of people say, oh, they tried that with so-and-so. And there's like a couple names that fans always bring up. But just because it didn't work with one or two guys, that's what you need. You need an elite pitching staff to win in, in, in altitude because that's what other teams aren't used to. If you get used to it, I think that's what you need to win. But it's a very interesting question because... We should care. It should bother me that the Rockies aren't doing what they need to do to win. It should bother me that it's like, you know, that, that we have to go watch this mediocre product year after year. But it's for some reason it doesn't. And it may be because the Avs are doing so well and the Broncos are obviously in it to win it and the Nuggets are clearly doing with this. So it's like, you know what? If, if I'm okay. Now, here's what they need to do. The Rockies should adjust prices for like the Rocky Dog or, or the concessions when they're doing poor. Also, when you offer dollar dogs... For the first 10,000, just give them to yeah, all 12,000 fans that show up, that. okay? I'm still Come not on. happy about Come that. Come on. I, I showed up for that game. I missed out on my dollar hot dog that night. But uh, See, so, uh, Nick, this is where... Oh, we, were at that same, we were at that same game. Dollar dog. You had to yeah, get a you got, Did you get dog. it? So I got, oh, I got, the, well, I got oh. the two vouchers. Four or five Crown and Cokes later, I just... You lost them. Just, Wait, you mean to tell me I paid full price for a dog and I could have gotten your dollar <laughs> yeah. dog? Well, if you guys remember, I was out with food poisoning about five or six weeks ago, so uh, it was either that or non-potable drinking water. We don't know. You know what's funny, though, is when we went to get our our hot dogs, we were so bummed out we didn't have our dollar hot dog redemption ticket. The woman behind the counter rubbing it in our faces, it seemed. She goes, oh, you don't have these? And she pulls out this huge fat wad and sort of like does that like fanning, how you like fan money. And like, oh, these? And like fans it in our faces. That'll be $9, thank you. No, we don't have those. Yeah, exactly. And go watch the the Rockies give up 15 hits. Going back to the conversation we had a couple of weeks on choosing the right line. We chose the wrong line that day. We chose the wrong. Yeah, that's line. important. You got to know was, how to choose the right line. It was a game day experience. That's one of the main underrated things. Choosing the right concession line to cut down in your waiting time, especially if it's an actually a game you care about. You are you want to get in and back to your mm-hmm. seats. You know that's that's important. Which isn't a Rockies game usually. But, but Nick, I think you're getting a little greedy here. Okay, we have three teams that are very competitive. Don't do this. Borderline <laughs> championship caliber rosters. And frankly, 
I need a few months a year off. I need the Rockies. I, I don't know what I would do if the Rockies were competitive. I think my blood pressure nope, would be affected. I, I, need, I think I need an offseason. Nope, I need again. a few months to recover no, from all of that's this. That's so oh, incorrect. Yeah. I can't even tell you how incorrect that is. Go yeah, ahead. No, no, no. I, that's Stockholm Syndrome. Do we all know what <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome yes. is? That's where, for those who don't know, it's where you are captive for so long that you start to believe what the enemy wants you to believe. Jared, you've been brainwashed. You now think that it's a good thing for the Rockies to be bad. That would be nothing but awesome if enter October, we've got the Rockies to worry about. That's a good problem to have. So get out of here with that. Uh, I just can't. Jared's it, got Stockholm syndrome. It just it just hurts my heart to know that we have an awesome stadium. You actually have really good fans and still again, the best stadium in Colorado. Well, And that's the thing. Yeah. You're right, Nick. It's like the Rockies almost we we get punished as real baseball fans because the city of Denver is so awesome that we have a bunch of people who like to yeah. get out and do stuff and have a good time. It's like this fan base isn't hardcore enough to not go to games. It's a beautiful day in Denver. If it's a Saturday at one o'clock and they got some tickets, it's like, that's an awesome way to spend an afternoon. It's just, and so I think that's the disconnect. It's like, until people stop going and stop caring, there's no reason for management to do anything. They're making money. They're, they're busy. And that's the thing. I think, I think that Jeff Breidich proved that Dick Momfort's truly in his mind in what they want from this team. Jeff Breidich proved that Dick Momfort's been doing it right the whole time. By the way, is it Breidich or British? I think it's Breidich. I heard a YouTube thing the other day say British. Eh, he's gone. Yeah. Whatever, he, won't, exactly. he won't be offended. He won't be <laughs> Whatever, offended. I don't man. think we're going to hear his name for some years yeah. uh, in the future. But I think he proved because he did. He sold out. He had the most expensive bullpen in, you know, in the majors and put all this money into all these guys that he brought in and this, this philosophy and it failed miserably. They there was no distinguishable improvement in in basically any capacity, other than the fact that for the first time, they're they're the majority of their bullpen is homegrown or not bullpen. Their starting uh, rotation is homegrown. They actually accomplished that a little bit under Breidich's tutelage, but. They proved that it doesn't matter as much as that that the Moffats could put into it. They're always going to be a mediocre middling team. They need to almost go for the Marlins approach and just like shot in the dark, roll the dice every decade or so. They have one good team and then they never put anything in at all. It works. Make money. Be profitable. Go for it. I like the I like the competitiveness. I'd rather have the consistent competitiveness, but that's too bad. It's too bad. Also, maybe it's because I don't like baseball in the fall. If the season ended <laughs> in like August or early September, yeah, baseball doesn't even change okay. its seasons. It's crazy okay. how it goes to the weather. Yeah, baseball should start in. Well, it should just be a shorter season, but they should be finishing in in July. Yes. Yeah. So real quick, before, yeah, before we move August, yeah. before we move off the Rockies, I was looking into some of the stats, uh, current stats year to date, and uh, we all know we all know their strengths, the hitting, uh, the the weakness being the pitching, uh, but man. There, it's it's humorous just just seeing some of these stats. So I'm gonna kind of roll through some of them. The hitting ones, you, you got some good, some bad. Okay, uh, they rank third in the major leagues in batting average. No surprise, not bad. Third in on base percentage. Hey uh, Ninth in RBIs, but they are 
dead last in stolen bases. No speed. And that's why I'm like, yeah, you look up and down this roster, there's really not that guy no. that's stealing a lot of bases. So I guess that makes sense. But they're 22nd in homers, which is always a surprising one for people, but really is not that big of a surprise because the thing about Coors Field, it's not that it allows a lot of homers. It's a very open outfield with a lot of space. You get a lot of extra base hits. You're able to extend things more than you are in other ballparks. So they're 22nd in homers. That's a little bit surprising to see them that low. Yeah. But again, not not a total shock. Up they and down a, hitting stats. They don't some have good, a ton bad. of power on their, their roster. Uh, the pitching stats, that's where it's pretty funny. All right. But... Uh... I was I was looking at uh, Herman Herman Marquez. He's throwing a night, but he is one in five this year. Ooh, yeah. it's like in the sixes. That's it's yeah. not good. Horrible. It's probably because he wasn't named as the game one starter. It's probably just mm, all in his head. See, all head in games. his head. All right, the Rockies rank. Uh, mind you, before we get into this, there are thirty teams in Major League Baseball. Okay, right. they rank twenty eighth in team ERA, thirtieth in hits allowed. 29th in strikeouts uh, and 29th in whip. Walks, hits per innings, uh, per innings pitched. Walks and hits. Yes, and innings pitched. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not good. I don't know if you Those guys noticed. There were a lot of 28s. 29s and 30s. Pretty much the worst in the league in all of those. And those are like important <laughs> stats. Whip is one of the most important stats they talk about. Uh, ERA, obviously, earned run average, that's kind of a big one. And then strikeouts. In an era where you need pitchers who command the strike zone and who get strike well. I mean, command the strike zone, I guess, isn't even... It, it, you just need Ks. Because everyone's swinging, everyone's striking out these days. It's homers or strikeouts. And that's that's dead last and hits allowed. So, I mean, look, that's right there why. That's why I say it's all about pitching. If the Rockies invest in pitching... And this whole idea of they've done it before, the, it's it's useless because it's in altitude. No, it's not. You're telling me right now, if the Dodgers and the Rockies flipped pitching staffs, the Rockies wouldn't win 20 more games? Maybe maybe 15. And that's putting them in, in the cusp of making the playoffs. So that's a big deal to me. And it's always overlooked. Fans don't talk about that enough. And I think that's a big deal. So. All right, enough of the Rockies. Yeah, let's get off the Rockies. Let's, no let's, more let's Rockies. Get, get off of it. We, we had to do it. We had to get there. It's yeah. it's too far into the season to have not had a good Rockies discussion. And always, anytime Connor's gone, I always make a point to have a Rockies <laughs> Very discussion. bad City Just Connect jerseys. Very bad. <laughs> good. I'm glad we agree. Didn't they wear them or are they this yeah, last they wore, Yeah, they wore them. Yeah, Looked ugh, ugh. Yeah. No good. No good. Uh, okay, I want to talk a little bit of Nuggets. Uh, obviously, nothing going on much in the news in regards to the team itself. That, you know, Nothing's happening until after the finals are done. But we obviously had the big news last week of Tim Connolly departing, joining the Minnesota Timberwolves. Bye, Tim. And uh, took a little bit of time, uh, a little bit of COVID issue, for Josh Conkey to finally get in front of the media. And First kinda, time since 2015. Is that right? Yeah. He's, wow. Okay, I was thinking he looked a lot older than the last time I, I saw am. him, too. So that... That makes sense. There's a lot of gray there, too. So uh, basically, everyone out there, if you're concerned about graying or aging, don't get a stressful job. This is pretty much <laughs> consensus. As soon as you're in a management position, it's not go going to go so well gray. for you. It's not going so well for you. Um, but Josh Conkey had quite a bit to say to the media, uh, You know, mostly addressing the situation of Tim Connolly leaving, but also talked quite a bit about the kind of looking forward uh, with Calvin Booth in... Uh, new responsibilities. I don't know. He's actually gotten a title change at all. Pretty sure he's still right. just the GM. Um, 
but also kind of about what their you know philosophy is as they're going forward and just overall want to kind of get your thoughts i'm sure you guys saw and or heard uh what he had to say on it so uh you know nick i'll turn to you first what are your kind of thoughts on what josh conkey had to say uh i guess to start it seemed like he felt like his hands were pretty tied in regards to the Connolly deal. Uh, quote, the term equity was getting thrown around. I didn't necessarily know what that meant. That can mean a lot of different things in the world of business. Cronky said, but hey, from the very start, or excuse me, hey, but from the very start, Connolly said, hey, if there's some equity upside, I really need to take a look at this for my family. And I said, okay, and quote, eh, it's, it's hard to say. It's too bad because I really liked him, Connolly. I'll be interested to see what he does with the Timberwolves. It seems like it seems like he he's just so solid. I just he's definitely totally, a fan favorite. T- totally escalated the uh, the Nuggets, and I, I think for Kroenke to come out and take seven years to to do a, a pod uh, not a podcast uh, an interview, I, th- I think I have a problem with that. So I don't know. He, he'll definitely need to be getting more in front of uh, the camera as these decisions get made. But but maybe not because we've gone three years without. Uh, uh, Nuggets game, so I don't know. I, I thought it was really interesting that one of the points that was made public on MileHighSports.com was uh, obviously the Nuggets don't and have never paid uh, in the top half of the league for executives. They don't believe in it. They don't think that executives win, which I actually disagree with. I think that in basketball, it's one of the most important positions. That's why you hear about people like Masai Ujiri and Daryl Morey. It's because they're so important in the success of any given team. Uh, Pat Riley, right, in Miami. There's like a consistency there. So I think that matters a lot more than Nuggets do, but the reason, a big reason, I, th- I think the main reason why this happened is because uh, this is pointed out that Stan Kroenke, who owns a lot of different teams, the LA Rams, Arsenal, the Colorado Rapids, they're all under Kroenke Sports uh, franchises. What happens, according to this article, is if they pay Tim Connolly, that now gives negotiating power to all these other GMs at all these other teams. So now Arsenal, the LA Rams, Colorado Rapids say, hey, well, you just paid him. You're, you know, how about you pay us too? So that's kind of a big deal. There's not that many people who own all these different sports teams, kind of like Kroenke does. So I sort of get that point of view from negotiating, but it just sucks that it affects our team because some team in London, Arsenal, you know, they don't want to pay GM out there. So that's what I don't love about the non-locality of some of these teams and some of these situations. But you do understand from a business point of view, I guess. Uh, Stan Kroenke's point of view. He certainly has an air of uh, some might call it confidence. I, I'd say he may have a little bit of his, his father's arrogance. Uh, one of the quotes that stood out to me is uh, he said, quote, I think that we've done a very good job of identifying good young front office talent. Maybe too good. I've had two of my guys poached and on the front end of it, I was told how dumb I am and on the back end of it, I'm being told how dumb I am to let him go. Ooh. End quote. And that's I think a little bit of where you can see the abs or excuse me, the Cronkies sticking to their guns in how they believe the philosophy of building a front office. And he, he went on to talk a lot about how they kind of have seen this coming because you've mentioned they don't pay big money. Masai Ujiri was, was poached from them in a similar fashion. And, and he talked about how years you know, prior to this happening, this has kind of been the process with Calvin Booth. They always foresaw him being that next guy. They've been grooming him to go into this position. Now, maybe that's just a guy trying to prop up the internal hire that he's promoting and, and trying to make himself look good. But I think he believes very firmly in Josh Kroenke's decisions, right or wrong. And I, that really stood out to me in this interview in 
you know, there's a party that loves that. And you talked earlier about how everybody says you got to trust the process. It's the ones that are doing it right that are actually right. So far, the Cronkies have proven their process works. It's very effective. They're winning a lot in across many different platforms in sports. But with Josh Cronkies tutelage with the Nuggets, this team has looked really good. And I'm going to believe in him. But man, I did he really put it out there for it? Yeah, I think the only thing of, of Kroenke that I didn't like, and I'm, I'm segueing, but the Michael Porter contract got brought up. Quote, I'd say we're concerned about his injuries, not concerned about the contract. End quote. I think that's a little... I hate to use the word ignorant, but it just kind of seems like it's an oxymoron. So you paid this guy. Granted, his hand, your hands were completely tied. You definitely had to pay him, but... It was a bad contract, like you know. And yeah. again, you're, it you're, seems like you're worried about just, the injuries because ultimately yeah. it screws you with the contract. So like, it, it I don't seems know. to me like ones you just don't touch, you know. Or maybe you know you just want to keep trade value. So I understand that aspect of it too. But I didn't like how it was phrased. And grant, grant, I know it's a, a wide ranging inter- interview, but I don't know. So one of the questions I want to ask, and the timing kind of fits with this, is where we sit right now. A month or so after the Nuggets are out of the season, we don't truly know where Michael Porter Jr. is. If you could go undo the contract now, would you do it? Uh, That's a horrible question to ask, and I'm sorry to do that, but you had to pay the guy. The thing is, you had to pay him with where his – you didn't even – you actually didn't have to pay him, but you had to pay him. And so you had to to get him set up in a situation – with MPJ where you created trade value and hope that he held out or you had to trade him this year. He's obviously a huge piece. It's a dumb thing to say. It's, it's super obvious, but so you're I, saying, yes, you have to still go back and make that yeah, deal, even yeah, knowing yeah. what you've seen. I, 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 I agree with you. It's just, it's one of those that's interesting because if he comes back full swing next year, it's obviously an easy answer to say it was totally worth it. But at this point right now, you don't know if he ever is coming back. I still think it's worth the risk. I still think you have to give it a chance because you have no other choice. You're not going to get an even value back for him for what he can bring to this team fully healthy. Well, and the nice thing for you, Jared, is that he sat out all season. Perfect. You know? yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Back should be nice and well-rested. Didn't tweak it at all. Great. Love it. <laughs> Um, anything else regarding, you know, the comments from Kroenke, anything else that stood out to you guys there or, or can we put a bow on that? I mean, I, I do think that, again, I want to make it clear. I believe that you need to spend. I think that you got to invest in a GM, invest in paying your play. And I was just trying to look up, uh, the NFL payment scale for GMs. I'm pretty sure less Snead. I'm pretty sure the Rams are paying less Snead higher than average. He's one of the best GMs in the NFL. So either they're getting him at an amazing discount or they are paying that GM, but it's just like there is a, a theme here, and I said this a couple weeks ago whenever I was on last that if you look at Arsenal and you know the the the, the Nuggets and, and, and some of these teams, they are a lot of the time very good, not great. And it's like I'm seeing a pattern here. And, and yeah, the LA Rams did win the Super Bowl, but again, Les need one of the most either underpaid or valuable GMs in the entire league. Look at what he's done; he's changed the whole book. You know, giving up first round picks and and everything like that, kind of changing the approach, but. Um, you know, that, that that's kind of my final thought is that I think they are going to say whatever they need to say right now. I'm okay with Calvin Booth. I, in general, I never think it's a good idea to just say, oh yeah, next guy up. Who's the guy in the room? Who's the assistant coach? I'm not a, usually a big a believer in that, but, um, he's done a good job. He's been around him for a while. And my takeaway, my final takeaway from again, the, the cronky comments was they're saying what they can say right now. It's kind of ridiculous though, because I don't, I think they're doing the wrong thing. They should have opened it up for Connolly. 
All right, good stuff, guys. Before we get out of here, I want to touch briefly on the other big news that came out in the week in Denver sports that's sort of getting buried by what everything the Avs are doing and got going on, and that's the Broncos. Uh, I don't know how official it is, but uh, have agreed to... uh, Sell the team to the Waltons. Walmart. The Walmart. So I went watch the uh, team on us. What three to five years for Walmart Stadium? Yeah, I like that. I went all blue. I watched the uh, South Park Walmart episode after that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good, good, good. And a lot of people around Denver, it was like an instant, like, oh god, Walmart's cheap on everything they do. They're going to be so cheap, and I'm like. Uh, this is. I think very, they have a business no, no, no. model, and the Broncos, you know, the Walmart business model is sell the cheapest stuff to undercut other companies, <laughs> and they'll come by from you because you have everything. Whereas the Broncos' success, their way of success is winning a Super Bowl. That's how you make the most money in that. And I think the Waltons are the type of family that is driven to do that and right, to bring yeah. a Super Bowl here. That's. I think that's misguided. The idea of like looking at the prices at Walmart and saying that's how things are going to go with the Broncos. That, that's crazy. I've heard so many people that's like the initial like, oh God, no. we got the Walmart The, the way owners. you should look at it, it's kind of how you said, you have a business owner with a lot of money and you, that matters. Now there is a salary cap obviously, but incentives, business deals, upgrades to stadium, like, like there's a lot that goes into this that money from an owner brings. So and do I they live locally? Does anyone know He's that? He's got properties in Denver. So I, I know they I know they have serious ties to Denver. So Well, here's the tie. He he's married or, or uh, by marriage, he's cousins with Stan Kroenke. Do you know this? Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew that. So they're cousins by marriage. I, I heard on the Dan Patrick show that there's actually like a ploy and like a long-term plan to sort of take over the Denver sports scene between Cronky and, and the Waltons. I mean, there's a certain point where it's okay for like second or third cousins to marry. So I think this is what they're working on. They're just going to get enough. Mar- <laughs> they're just going to get enough generations in, and then legally they sure. could just marry just all clarify. the franchise together. I didn't say any cousins got married. I said they were cousins by marriage. By marriage, I know, but I'm saying you your fourth you cousin, said. your fourth cousin. We're all we're all related, okay? Uh-huh. At some point or another, we were all connected. Yeah. Hey, look at the dolphins. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this is the long game. This is the long game that the Waltons and the Cronkies are playing. They're consolidating it. Three generations down the road, it's going to be all You always play the long game. Except for when he's on the golf course. Hey! (laughs) I don't play the short game either. No. 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 Well, thanks for having me on this weekend. Yeah, thanks for joining us again, and I'm sure we will see you soon. I do have to say this. You guys talking about sugar last week was so off. The difference between sugar and fruits and, you know, natural sugar and processed sugar, it's so different. So when you drink... 20 grams of sugar in like a good all natural drink. Nope, wrong. That's very different than 20 nope. grams of sugar in no, a in not. a in a soda. No, you guys need to have a nutritionist on. This is basic knowledge. I was listening last week going, what are they talking about? Nope, that is wrong. so different. Nope. Nope. Wait, sugar's no, bad. That, no, no, bad. Sugar is actually glucose, fructose, and sucrose. They're all different forms all right, of sugar. Guys. It gets broken down differently in your body. Natural <laughs> sugar from fruits are very good for you. Yeah, sugar you can from have soda is bad. You heard it here. Don't listen to these guys about nutrition. Sugar is good in all forms. <laughs> oh, let's go, Abs. Catch us next week, guys, let's and let's go, Abs.